Well, hi again, everybody. I'm Doug, and uh, Suze is along with me again. This is On the Town, and uh, Suze, this is going to be a lot of fun today. We had a chance to uh, talk with really two favorite uh, TV personalities, uh, Linda Pearl, who many people remember from Happy Days, and Matlock, and so many guest appearances on a lot of shows, and of course, uh, Patrick Duffy, who uh, we all know from Dallas, and uh, Step by Step, the great comedy show, and uh, acting on, I guess before that, Man from Atlantis, and uh, they have a new business. We're going to talk about that with them. Uh, a bread business, but uh, Susan's going to be a lot of fun. I am so thrilled, Doug. You know, I, I, this is just like, it's, it's just amazing. I, I was just such a fan of both of them, Patrick Duffy and Linda Pearl, you know, from growing up and watching them. And I am just absolutely thrilled. And to just have the honor to be able to, uh, you know, get to learn more about both of them. But yes, and as far as uh, their new business, the best of luck to them. It sounds very exciting, and it must be wonderful for them to work together on this business and just wish them both the very best of luck. You and a very so, sweet story, too, of how they uh, how they uh, got together. Uh, we'll ask yes. them about that if they, if they want to tell us, but uh, they've kind of yes. got, they've knew each other, I think, in the past over the years as you know, being in Hollywood. Wow. But uh, during the whole uh, pandemic thing, uh, uh, they got together yeah. doing a lot of uh, Skype interviews. It's not interviews, but Skype conversations, and it developed a, a nice romance out of that. With the COVID uh, epidemic, you know, of course, uh, you know, such a, uh, you know, really just a, a very, uh, you know, really a terrible situation for so many people, and it instilled so much fear into the general public and of course for the uh unfortunate people who did come down with the illness and then of course being able to recover from it feeling so grateful for the um you know people who did recover from it but the uh goodness that came out of COVID is it did bring a lot of people together like the other uh, tragic event, of course, 9-11, bringing so many people together also. So sometimes from a tragedy, good things can emerge. Very, very happy for them. Let's go talk to them right now. And a great pleasure to have joining us two of uh, our favorite people uh, from uh, the world of television. Uh, you all know both of them, of course, uh, uh, Patrick Duffy and Linda Pearl I'm talking about. And, of course, from uh, shows like Dallas, uh, Man from Atlanta, Step by Step. Of course, Linda Pearl from uh, Happy Days and uh, Matlock and so many other shows and her great singing career as well. But uh, they branched out into a brand-new business. That's why we had them on today. Uh, one of the reasons we had them on to talk about that, it's called uh, Duffy's Dough. It's kind of a uh, interesting uh, sidelight business uh, in the uh, baking world. We'll find out more about that. But uh, first of all, we welcome uh, Linda Pearl and Patrick Duffy by telephone today. And really great a pleasure to talk to you. How are you both? Well, thank Very you, well. Todd. We're doing, yeah, we're doing great. It's good to be back with you. Are you out in uh, L.A.? No, we're in Colorado. We're going to do Christmas here in Colorado. Oh, great. We get some okay. Feel good about it. So yeah, and you're you're where you're in Florida. We're, we're Sarasota, just a little bit south of Tampa yeah. Bay area, Sarasota, Florida. Oh, so. Okay. 
One of How your co-hosts, uh, one of your former co-stars on Dallas, Audrey Landers, uh, lives down here. We've had her on a few times, so she's she's a neighbor. Oh, nice. uh, <laughs> sweet woman, sweet sweet woman. Yeah, no, she was a she was a joy to have on the show, absolutely. And uh, Judy Landers also lives down here, and uh, so we got a little little Dallas connection here in Sarasota. <laughs> <laughs> well, good deal, good deal. Well, let's let's talk about uh, the new business. When I found out about it, I was very uh, intrigued by it, and not only did I want to talk to you because you know big fans and all that. But uh, interesting to kind of start in a business that I didn't know the story behind it. We'll, we'll let you tell it right now. But uh, this is not exactly something new, and this is something that's part of your family, right, Patrick? Yes, it, it, it was interesting. It's been in my family now for 71 years, actually. Uh, my, my mother and father loaded my sister and myself in a pickup truck in 1951. Uh, yeah, 49, 50, 51, yeah, 51, and drove from Montana to Alaska on a gravel road. And when we got there, uh, after about the second month or so, uh, my mother was gifted by an old woman in Alaska of a sourdough starter. And there are aficionados out there that are like wine snobs. Hmm. A sourdough is quite the thing to be conversant in. So to have one that is verifiable, 70 plus years old, the woman said it was over 50 years old when she gave it to my mother. There's no way, of course, of proving that. So I'm sticking with that story. <laughs> and, you know, it's been in my family and my mother baked and cooked with it the entire time we were growing up. I didn't take any interest in it. My sister, when she graduated from high school, took a portion of that starter and started cooking with it. When I graduated from college is when I started thinking, well, if my sister can do it, maybe I can do it. She gave me a starter, and I've been working with it ever since, and that would be 1971. Wow. So uh, I've been cooking with it. So when Linda and I first got together, uh, you know, I'm trying my best to impress her in every way possible. <laughs> so I would pull out this starter. I would make, one morning I made sourdough pancakes, and she loved them. And at one point, months into our relationship, I just offhandedly said, you know, maybe we should, I should look into doing a business with this. And then I forgot about it completely, but she didn't. And she started the ball rolling. She, you know, got on the computer, got, you know, finding out research, researched businesses. She has friends here in Colorado who are entrepreneurs who took us under their wing. And the next thing you know, we have a bona fide business, LLC, Duffy's Dough, um, trademarked the, the logos, the everything. And we've been in business now, how long? Uh, well, let's see, we launched in September. We launched in September. We, right. made, we made this goal. We did 200 of these kits that have sourdough starter. And the other thing we did that was unique is we dehydrated it. So it's no longer a liquid form. It's almost in these flake-like wafers. And that way it can, it can stay in that form for years and stay perfectly viable. And it's easier to ship. So we dehydrated it. We made up a kit that has an apron, a pot holder, measuring spoons, measuring cups, a scraper, flour, sugar, instruction book, um, and, and, a, and a rolling pin. And we made these kits, and we made 200 of them. And then we thought, well, if we don't sell 200, at least everybody gets one for Christmas. <laughs> and we, we sold all 200 of them within 24 hours. Wow. Just, and from, we just said, from a website. Yay! Just from a website? Just on the website. Yeah. Just people call it's the only way you can buy it is direct sales from duffydo.com. So then we had to the, the orders kept coming in. 
and we had to get on the stick and so we made 800 more and we're now a thousand orders and we're almost sold out of those that's great so we're gearing up all the supplies are coming back into our our certified you what is it fda certified kitchen uh Uh, linda and i had to take a a course in food handling and get certified and um, we're in business and the the goal i must tell everybody you know it's called duffy's dough d-o-u-g-h and people shouldn't confuse that with money like dough (laughs) because what we want to do is use basically newman's own as a as a template as an example right and if this gets up and sustains itself we're not in a profit margin yet but if it sustains itself then we want to start to then take the net proceed profits and form a, a charitable giving arm of Duffy's dough and, and use it to do that and you know just be able to oversee it and keep it going and, and create some value That's you know, in the yeah. world, which needs it. You know? my, uh, my grandmother so, always good. baked bread though, you know, when we were kids, and she was one of the you know, great yep. bread baker, my mother also, and we always uh, enjoyed the sourdough bread occasion. I never knew what made it sour. I always liked the taste, though. <laughs> well, yes. What makes it sour, if you thing. can give that away? Or, or maybe you can't tell what Well, that it is. does. Two things make it sour. One is uh, it's a very unique yeast. It's an airborne yeast. It's not a store-bought the, yeast. The yeast so does it, okay. The yeast does it. But then what you do is you add flour, sugar, and water. And that's it. And you, you stir it into a soupy mixture. And when the yeast starts to blossom, it ferments. The sugar actually ferments. And the yeast helps it do that. Because basically you're making wine, but with flour and sugar instead right. of with grapes everything. So it gets that sour taste, you know, that is unique to sourdough. And that's what the aficionados all, you know, are very well versed in. I am not. I'm a one starter person, my, my mother's starter. That's all I know. Right. But we made these kits and then we started getting emails from people saying, I don't need another apron, but I'm a baker. I just want the sourdough starter. So now we're selling that separately as well. And, and, and so Linda, that, when they get these kits uh, for people like me who are just want to make something real fast and not have to worry about it, is it, is it good for guys like me, or do you have to have a little bit of uh, talent in the kitchen? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the litmus test for no talent in the kitchen, or certainly no. Never, I'd never baked. Um, so, so yeah, you you can do it. You follow the instructions. It's pretty simple. It it takes. It takes a little bit of time, which is really part of its charm. You mix it up with the, the dehydrated starter with a little bit of water. You let it sit for a couple of hours, and then you feed it with some more water and flour and sugar, and you let that sit overnight, and then you're ready to go. And, um, yeah, it's amazing how, you know, a very simple effort can turn out some wonderful product. And I think one of the things I enjoy about it is that is that you can make i mean we've we've there's pumpkin bread there's cinnamon rolls there's regular old bread there's regular dinner rolls there are parmesan loaves there's all kinds of things that you can make with it so garlic it's fairly yeah it's fairly um at croutons i mean it's it's quite quite versatile yeah and it's indestructible that's the thing once you get a good yeast starter going it's it's, it's not impossible but it's improbable to actually kill it right, uh, right. and it's liquid if you don't use it for a month or two it's in the refrigerator you take it out activate it again and it blooms right back yeast goes dormant and that's the beauty of it it stays alive but it's dormant right. and no matter how long it takes especially in the dehydrated form 
you know it can last a year or more in a dehydrated form and then just break it out add water and it's like a cartoon it just comes to life <laughs> now in these kits that people can order uh, what, what what do you get like two loaves of bread pan- what, what what how much food do you get out well, of that well, what you get is the ability to make as much as you want once you start adding your own flour. I see. The kit allows you to make the starter in its liquid form to follow instructions to actually start baking. But when you start baking, uh, the kit would have been too large because when you start baking, you add egg and a little salt. And some people add uh, domestic store-bought yeast. You don't have to, but you can. Um, if you're making cinnamon rolls, then there's cinnamon and raisins and, and melted butter or a butter substitute. So all of those things are in the recipe. But the key ingredient, it's like a key spice. The key ingredient is the sourdough starter itself. Mm-hmm. The kit allows you to manufacture that in a usable form that you can keep for the rest of your life. Great. Great. And all you do is you keep expanding it. And then once you expand it, you save a little bit as the original, and then you use what's left to do your cinnamon rolls, your pancakes, fruit tarts, anything you want. Linda Pearl and Patrick Duffy, our guests on On the Town today. And uh, I have to say, uh, uh, since uh, you know we kind of heard about you two getting together during COVID, uh, first of all, congratulations on that. It seems to be doing well. But I saw you about a year ago uh, on a show, I think they, uh, about a year ago now, they were interviewing uh, Linda Gray. It was the part of the Lambs Club, which I had a family connection to. My uncle was the shepherd of that club. And you made a little kind of surprise appearance on that. I guess that was one of the early appearances you made together. So that was fun. That's oh, nice. nice. Yeah, no, Linda Gray, in a strange way, is responsible for mm-hmm. us being together. Um, we had known each other three times over 45 years, Linda and myself, literally for five minutes each time. <laughs> uh, celebrity, professional, hi, how are you? Congratulations, goodbye. Well, Linda, Linda Pearl and Linda Gray made a TV movie together. And about three years ago, Linda Gray and I were at a, a celebrity event as Dallas celebrities. And Linda was way off in another corner of the room uh, with her own celebrity station. But her friend said, Linda Gray's over there, and you did a movie with her. You should go say hi. So she went clear across the room, got to my table. Linda had gone to the powder room. And then my Linda, I call her my Linda, <laughs> very possessive. But Linda then uh, and I started talking. We had a mutual friend in common that she was going to see in New York in a few days. So I said, please give Richard my phone number uh, and ask him to stay in touch. Well, about a week later, I got a picture on my phone of Linda Pearl and Richard Thomas, our mutual friend, backstage at his play. And we started communicating. And that was the seed, literally, of us getting together. Richard dropped out. Linda and I kept communicating and texting, phoning, FaceTiming, Zooming. And I drove from my ranch in Oregon here to Colorado, and she can't get rid of me. <laughs> thank, thank the Lord for technology. Well, it, it can be good. <laughs> because we, I mean, Patrick and I Zoomed every night for two or three months for two or three hours. And sure. if, and I mean, we were both in isolation, obviously, at that time. And um, so because there was nothing on our calendars, we suddenly had that you know, deep sort of hibernating time. And thanks to Zoom, we could do it. We could hibernate together, you know, in this very Victorian <laughs> way. I mean, we've set off and, you know, if we'd continued with our 
busy lives. I mean, maybe in six months, if it works out, you might get together for a drink or something, but that's not what the universe had planned. So. No. So, you know, it, the other thing that is encouraging for us and uh, is that COVID put so many restrictions and so many hardships on people, us included, but I, I'm sure we're not unique in, in finding some great thing that happened to come out of it. Ours is our relationship, but we've talked to people who they said, oh, I started reading books that I've wanted to read for 20 years. Or, right. you know, I really started to develop an appreciation for X, Y, and Z. And they or used they it, started baking. Or they started baking <laughs> with their Duffy dough. But it, it, it can offer benefits as well as obstacles. And ours was definitely a, a benefit in oh, both our lives. Uh, hello, Patrick. This is Suze. I think I have watched just about every episode of Dallas. I was just wondering, as far as your character of Bobby Ewing, did you ever want to be a little bit out of character or did you enjoy playing Bobby? And was it fun working with Linda Gray? And of course, Victoria Principal and Larry Hagman on the show. Wow, that's a lovely question, and uh, the answers are all quite positive. In reverse order, um, as a cast of Dallas, we were one of the closest mixes of people, you know, that do television. And our guest stars all told us that that they've never worked on a show where everybody got along to the extent we did, especially Larry and Linda and myself. Mm. We were often on set referred to as the three musketeers, that nothing <laughs> happened unless the three of us agreed. Um, when the show went down and people started pitching uh, alternate versions of Dallas, the three of us were the ones that had to okay it or not. And we never found anything worthy until the reboot in, in 2014, 2011. Right. So in, in that sense, uh, it was a wonderful thing to work on every single day for 13 years. Um, in terms of my character, uh, in the very beginning, I was quite worried that he would become boring because he was sort of one note in the first few episodes. Um, the producer took uh, a lot of pains to discuss with me um, my fears, basically, of, of what I might be trapped into. And he developed the character of Bobby with just enough uh, energy uh, anger, always for the right things, angry at uh, misappropriation of power, angry at, uh, you know, inequities in the real world, um, to give me enough variety in the stuff I was meant to do. The other side of it is I love being a good guy. Um, I, I am also, you know, I am who I look like, and 90% of the time I'm going to ask in that form in any way. Um, but it's lovely to go home and you have two small children that know you only as the hero on television, and hopefully you can measure up at home. Um, when I'm greeted by people on the street, it's always with a smile, and we love you. Um, Larry used to get hit by little old ladies <laughs> with handbags. He literally almost got knocked out by a little old lady in Dallas once who swung at her with her handbag so hard and hit him in the head. So, no, good guys are in my quiver, and it's just about the only arrow that I shoot. I, I watched the show, obviously, originally when it was on, and then uh, more recently it's on uh, one of those uh, Roku channels you can get called Freebie, and I've been watching it again. And oh. it, it holds up not only because of, uh, you know, you just remember it, but the acting, obviously, the writing, and just the, the, uh, the way you and Larry and all the characters, Linda and Pam and everybody, there was a, something special about that show that I think a lot of the other soaps didn't have at that level. Do you, would I you think say that's that? true. 
I think it's very true because, you know, we were unique in that we started it. And then Aaron Spelling, who's a brilliant businessman, uh, the sec- after the second year of Dallas, he thought, I'll do my version of Dallas and I'll do it on steroids. So he basically made it glitzier, richer, campier, all of those things, but lost part of that humanity that, that we started with. Right. And I think that's what made us unique. Then Falcon Crest, same thing. Um, you know, it was, it, it was the writing, it was everything else. It was also the magic of us as a cast. Um, those other casts uh, did not fill and check all the boxes that we did. Um, we were, you know, Larry Hagman was the biggest star in television in the world. But in terms of being on the set in Dallas, our relationships, he was just another member of the cast. He was treated no differently, nor did he want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that set the standard for our show that I don't think the other shows had. So um, we were fortunate, but it was we were sprinkled with stardust, you know. As far as the dream season on Dallas, I would love to know how you felt about that season and, you know, especially the shower scene where Pam comes in and you're still alive. You know, I know some of the fans were disappointed because they, you know, they, the dream season, it was so well acted and seemed so real. And then the show evolved, you know, with the next season into something different and just wondering how you felt or how larry hagman felt about it or linda gray the other characters actors on the show felt about it um i i've since spoken obviously a long time to most of the cast members i've heard their interviews and as a as a cast of family everybody was thrilled for me to come back within the family um i completely understand the fan base because we have such a loyal fan base on Dallas. It defies description in my mind, but they invested no matter what. And the the year that the show, when I was off, not only was I gone, but the executive producer left at that same time. And a new person came in with the ideas of changing the show, which upset Larry no end. Um, He did not like the direction it was going. He he thought it it was becoming too, you know, for the want of a better word, Aaron Spelling-like. Yeah. It became international and drug lords and all this kind of stuff. So he was very upset, and he was one of the people who shepherded the campaign to get me back on the show. Um, it being a dream is a very interesting thing because if they had not done that and figured out some other way, Bobby was dead, and I would have to come back as an alternate character in some form or another. And we would have to, as a cast and as a show, continue that year storyline that nobody liked. Leonard Katzman was asked back the same time I was because they knew the show was in trouble. And he's the one who came up with the idea. He just said, let's not have that show for a year exist. Bobby saves her, doesn't get killed, and he's in the shower, and it was all a dream of Pam's. And so it surprised every none of the cast members, including Larry, knew how I was coming back. And Victoria didn't know. When she opened that shower door, John Beck was in the shower. And that scene was that scene was in the beginning of that episode. And they just had a conversation and he went off to work and they were happily married. So Leonard Katzman and myself, and we were the only two people went and hired a commercial company that only makes television commercials. We went to a separate studio, separate soundstage in the middle of this huge soundstage, they built a shower. That was the exact replica of the one in the show. 
and we spent an entire day doing an Irish Spring That's soap right. commercial <laughs> just to get that moment of me turning around so they could cut it perfectly with her opening the door, me turning around saying good morning, end of season. Let everybody think about it for an entire three months. Yeah. And we'll come back with the next episode where I walk out toweling myself off and she says, I had this horrible dream. <laughs> and everything continued as if that whole season hadn't existed, which was great for the company, great for the actors, not so great for the for the audience, but they all came back. We got five more years out of the show. So uh, I thought it was great. I think, it was but I think people back then got a little too, you know, too attached but I thought, yeah. I thought that was a great way to do it like bob newhart did the same he, thing well, he with the dream sequence. remember what the whole yeah. previous series was a yeah. dream and they wake up in the bed in chicago <laughs> yeah and they're together again and and quite honestly i i tell people this i say you've got to study up on your on your history here you know shakespeare uses dreams you know sure. half a dozen times in his place alice in wonderland that's a dream you know anytime you need to stop well uh, um, um wizard of oz so anytime you need to solve right, a problem, yeah. anytime you got to solve a problem, have somebody wake up. <laughs> Linda, let, let me ask you a little bit since we chatted last time. I, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to chat when the last CD came out about a year or so ago. I had everything going crazy, but uh, I know you had one about a year or so ago, and, and the singing career is still going pretty good. Have you been able to kind of get it going again as far as public performances? Well, thank you. Yeah, I sure missed it, um, you know, when we weren't able to. But, yeah. So, yes, I guess in January, we suddenly are like three or four concerts, and um, we're going to be recording a new CD uh, at the end of, of January. Um, oh, great. Do the concert. So, yeah, I do the concert in England, and yeah, it, it's fun. I, I, it's become a big, important part of, of my life, and uh, something I enjoy to do. I, I don't know. It, it's very joyful, and maybe even metaphorically just being involved with the idea of harmony. It, just, it does something to yourself. <laughs> and and uh, I just, I'm grateful that I, I get to do it uh, when I do. And just for people not aware, I mean, Linda does uh, the standards, uh, jazz, and, and uh, that kind of music, I which uh, you're keeping it going. Thank you. Uh, I do a show like that that we play, you know, we play that kind of music. So we got to keep it going. Well, there you go. And I, you know, I can't sing pop to save my life. But, the thing about the Great American Songbook is that they're they're little stories, they're like little one-act plays, and so that that really appeals to me. Of course, the melodies are just so extraordinary. Um, anyway, that's yeah, that's the uh, my limited area of singing. <laughs> Linda, so thrilled that you're on the show. Also, my mom was a huge fan of yours and so was my dad. I was wondering, as far as your singing, is there a favorite song that you or group of songs that you enjoy singing you know i think that's like trying to choose your, your favorite child uh, right. I, there are there are several and i basically it's whatever song i'm getting to sing in the moment and <laughs> it becomes my becomes my favorite um favorite tune so yeah sorry I'm yeah, yeah there's so many songs in that in that genre, it, it is hard to pick, but, uh, well, you can't I'm, go I'm wrong with any of them. You know? That every love, every love song is about me, however. That's, That's right. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Linda, when the CD comes out, please, uh, I know you, you publicly usually sends out an email about, I'd love to have you on when that comes out. So let's do that the next, when it comes out, so we'll have you on again for that. And I'll put it on Thank our you. show. Yeah. 
But before we wrap up, uh, we don't want to keep it too long. We could talk an hour on this, but uh, your time is valuable, and we appreciate you taking it today. And uh, I did know that you, you both did a play over in Ireland. I saw on the Facebook you did little videos. How did that go? It was so much fun. It was actually England. We were there for England, seven I'm sorry. months. Yeah, right. Twenty-two theaters. It's twenty of the most beautiful venues, for the most part, turn-of-the-century theaters, and it was such fun being on the road with five other English actors and a, just a wonderful crew, and it was it was an opportunity of a lifetime. And it was the first time in, in the U.K. that theaters had opened up after the pandemic. It was pretty soon after, it was, right? Yeah, it was so rewarding to see the audience come in and then wait for us afterwards to tell us how meaningful it was to be with their friends again, to be able to go out, and not only that, Ours was a comedy, basically, a lot of laughs, a lot of good feelings in it. And so they, they were able to enjoy themselves, be with their friends, see the theater. And England has the most loyal theater audience I've ever seen. And it was so rewarding for us to travel the country. And we did travel the country, 152 performances in probably every major city in the UK, including well, Northern many. Ireland. I didn't realize there was that many. Okay, wow. Oh. Yeah. How was it now? Obviously, you had not worked before in television together. Uh, was that a different dynamic uh, working on stage together? Did you kind of have a, a, you know, a different connection uh, as far as actors go, or how'd that work? No, not at all. It was, it was seamless, and we had had sort of a trial run. We had been able to do a movie the week together in Canada maybe six months or so before we did that, and, and more recently, we've done a couple of episodes of Bold and Beautiful, so... Mm-hmm. It's actually a piece, but when we first went to work together, we thought, oh, no, what if it doesn't work? (laughs) (laughs) We just work differently on the set, but but that was not the case at all. It was just a seamless, seamless transition. And we're from the same era of work uh, and and learning how to work and the respect for the work. You know, we've been doing this now for 50 years. So getting on stage with English people whose life is theater we fit in very well. So it was wonderful to, to go home together after a performance, to have dinner, get up in the morning, go to the theater, be together, work together. Um, it was nice also because we weren't a couple in the play. We were antagonists right. in the play. At one point, I try and kill her. So <laughs> that got out of the system. So Everything left over was good feeling and love. <laughs> well, that's great. I, I just kind of followed you along on Facebook. You put the little videos up, which was which was fun to watch. But well, we'll wrap up now and just give out one more time. Uh, we want people to go to the uh, website, which is uh, duffysdough.com, and uh, get one of these, or not just one, get multiple uh, uh, bread kits. And uh, that's the best place. That's the only place you can get it, right? Right now is the website, right? Yes. And if they get on, if they go on and order by the 12th of December, uh, FedEx has guaranteed us that it will get to their addresses by Christmas. Great. Yeah, I'm going to go on and order something because, uh, as Linda says, if it's, if it's easy to bake, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go because I'm not a great baker. <laughs> and if you have any problems, call us privately and I'll walk I'll, you I'll call it. you. I got your number. <laughs> Linda Pearl and uh, Patrick Dover, real pleasure to really finally get a chance to, to talk to you, Patrick. And Linda, of course, we've talked before and we will do it again. And we'll have you on again, Patrick, as, as you're available. But good luck with this business. And God bless you both for uh, the relationship. Uh, that's really the most important thing. Thank you so Thank much, you. Doug. Sure and have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. You and too. And to your co 
I, I hope she's not out. Through no, she just had to work today. We couldn't fit her she, with her okay. other job uh, for the time we're doing it. But uh, she, she's, uh, she's a bigger Dallas fan than I am, if that's possible. So. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas to her as well. Great. Thanks, Patrick. Thanks, Linda.